0: Hi, and welcome to Dope Shit My Therapist Says, a therapeutic wellness and lifestyle podcast providing relatable conversations that encourage our listeners to strive for self-growth, self-reflection, and self-love.
1: We are two therapists who just want to keep it real. We provide a safe and honest space for those who need an extra dose of connection with a no-bullshit filter. We're your hosts, Brian Gaddy, and Lauren Factor,
0: and we welcome you to our space. We're so happy to have you here. Now let's get to it. Everyone and welcome back to the second episode of Dope Shit My Therapist Says. We are so grateful to be back, and we appreciate everyone who has listened to our first episode. And if you haven't had a chance, uh, please do that. That would mean a lot to us. So today we are going to be talking about quarantine, and this is going to be going to be a series of some kind. Um, and basically, we felt like this was a topic that was super relatable and we're all kind of dealing with that right now. So we're going to take it back a few months, uh, about five months to be exact now that we're in August and kind of go through the beginning stages of quarantine and how the pandemic has affected both of us separately and some of the things that we've learned, some of our habits that we've adapted, kind of finding our flow and routine, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, do you want me to start, Ryan?
1: Yeah, you can go first. I'm just thinking, like, oh my goodness, five months. You know, like it's gone really fast and seems like a weird blur at this point. Um, but yeah, five months. Yeah, I'm curious to hear your experience because, um, as we mentioned in the first episode, um, even though Lauren and I met in California and we're both from California, I live. Uh, in Connecticut now. So, I mean, just even looking at the numbers for um, COVID and everything going on, like our states are very, very different. So um, you'll definitely get to hear two perspectives on the quarantine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely crazy how it's been five months already because it feels so long and so short at the same time. And I swear every time you blink, another week's gone by. And it's starting to feel like Groundhog Day with every week kind of being the same over and over and over again. So that's something we wanted to touch on is how can you find things to do during this time when every week is basically the same week. And uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later, but um, I'll get started with how quarantine has worked for me. So like Ryan said, and if you listen to our first episode, you'll know, I'm living in the LA area of uh, Southern California. And Los Angeles has been a huge hotspot for COVID, in case you didn't know. And in the beginning, I think that I was a little bit hesitant and a little scared. But then there was a huge chunk around, I'd say, April, May, where I felt good into June. But then the numbers started to spike again out here. And ever since... July, I've felt even more scared than I was at the beginning of quarantine because we really didn't know what was going on. So at the beginning of quarantine, I decided right when everything started happening, I decided to quarantine with my family. They live about 45 minutes north from where I live. And I felt like it was the right decision. I I live alone in an apartment and I don't have any pets, sadly. So I didn't want to deal with the loneliness. And I'm very fortunate that I have my family close by that I could do this because I've talked to some friends and they aren't in the same position as me and I feel for them, uh, which has also caused me to just appreciate more of having my family around and being close to my family. So I quarantined there for a couple months and all of my work doing therapy from the school switched online to telehealth. So that was an interesting transition to say the least, but that's what's going to be happening for the next couple months, probably until January. Um, but yeah, at the beginning of quarantine, I think I really didn't know what was going on, and I was dealing with a lot of personal issues right at the same time, as well as some as well as some health issues that have still not been resolved. But I didn't feel like putting myself at risk going to the doctor, knowing they weren't urgent. So that was kind of my start to quarantine.
1: How about you, Ryan? Uh, So mine was a little different. I actually was in California um, the beginning of March for a funeral. My grandfather got ill the end of February and passed away. Um, And, you know, I mean, it could have been COVID, honestly. We don't know. They, you know, at that time, like it was just kind of starting to become a thing. But nobody was really talking too much about it. Um, So I had flown to California and then flown back home and then within like a week or so of coming back to Connecticut um also if you hear weird sounds in the background it's probably <laughs> my puppy um uh, so just disregard weird sounds in the background uh so yeah I came back to Connecticut and um you know I we shut down where I was working and switched to completely telehealth um I also had a lot of random life changes hitting me all at once. Um, Seems like a season of change this year. I was uh, moving out of my apartment and moving in with a friend for supposedly a couple months. Um, So, you know, there was a lot of anxiety about would I be able to get A moving truck and a storage unit, you know, our state was about to shut down completely and we were about to have everything closed off and it was the week I was supposed to be moving. So lots of stress at the beginning for me, you know, fear of getting sick, fear of the unknown, fear of, you know, would I be able to get my needs met with the transition I was going through? Uh, So just lots, lots of different things at the beginning for me. Um, and, you know, I took it very, very seriously. At the beginning, I was staying home, um, you know, not going out. There was nothing open here. Like the, the streets were completely dead. Um, and it was wild. I mean, I don't know about other people, but just like when you did go out to the grocery store or, you know, to do some things and you just saw roads just completely dead. There's nobody out. Um, I kind of felt creepy. <laughs> I don't know about you. Especially probably L.A. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's, it's weird. Yeah, City of L.A., it's always something going on. And I think one of the hardest parts um, has been just seeing all these events that I love to attend every year just slowly get canceled. Concerts, um, other festival type things. It's been, it's been rough for sure.
1: Yeah, it's been, I mean, and I think for a lot of people, you know, summer holds a lot of events and plans and vacations and special times and memories with people, uh, and, uh, and for our safety, we really can't and shouldn't be doing those things. And it makes it really hard. Uh, you know, and I think that's why time feels like it's just not passing, mm-hmm. but also passing too quickly because we don't really have anything to yeah. ground us in those moments. Um, Very true which I think is why, like, you know, at the very beginning, people were holding on so tightly to these, you know, these like fads or these trends or these things that people really wanted to do that they never got to do. It became kind of exciting. You know, I think everyone started like making like mm-hmm. sourdough starter and everyone was working out and, you know, um, yeah. I don't know, like all these different things that were happening. But then it got to be like, oh, well, if I don't do those things, there's something wrong with me. Am I not doing quarantine correctly? Or am I not using my time appropriately when I'm home all the time? You know, that's a topic we want to bring up and we want to talk about is, you know, you don't have to be productive during a pandemic.
0: Exactly. I think another thing, too, is I have a slight addiction to my cell phone. I have always been into social media and being home has allowed me to either be conscious or or not conscious in how I use my time and if I spend it on my phone and to be honest I've been spending about eight hours on my phone and not all of it's social media some of it's music it kind of calculates all of it but I've been on my phone way too much to the point where I click out of Instagram and five minutes later, I'm back on it, hoping for something to change. And when I'm at work or when I'm out with friends or doing something, I'm not on my phone because I'm not bored. I'm, you know, engaged. I'm with people and it's just been really hard. And that goes back again to the productivity because you see people who are working out and doing all these fun things, and then you look back at yourself and go, you know, I'm not feeling good today, but I feel like I should be productive. And productivity breeds success. And in this situation, no, it doesn't. Uh, Productivity is purely a choice that you make if you want to make it. But it's harder to get um, your mind in that mode of feeling like it's not something that needs to be done all the time.
1: When I think too, the hard part about this kind of building productivity, being productive in pan in a, during a pandemic, is that just like a lot of social media consumption, is it brings up, it brings out shame or anxiety or you're comparing yourself to other people, um, and I think that's the part of it that you know we really need to be careful of and and watch how we think about it. Um, you know, cause everyone's going to deal with things mm-hmm. differently. Some people are going to be able to put more energy into their goals and, you know, be more organized that way. And other people, you know, like getting through the day, taking a shower, when you've lost your entire routine, um, when you've gone from going to work every day and having a routine set up, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you not being in a place that you were or you think you should be because this is probably the first time that almost all of us have ever experienced this unless you have grandparents (laughs) you know that have experienced a pandemic before great grandparents you know the most of us have never been through this and there's no there was no manual handed to us like hey this is how you're gonna do it how you're gonna get through it exactly there's no
0: right or wrong way to handle a pandemic and honestly you know for me my emotions have been on a roller coaster and I feel like most of the time I'm pretty even tempered. I have my days where it's harder or I'm angry or frustrated or sad. But in quarantine, I have had really high days, but I've had a lot more low days and some, you know, even days where I feel like I can get through my day. But there have been days where I've just sat on the couch and I've cried, I've cried a lot and not for any reason some days and for other days, you know, just mourning the loss of activities and worried about my family. You know, I dealt with a COVID scare in the last week and I thought about my family and my parents and, you know, it kind of put everything back into perspective for me that like, even though I'm sad about losing these activities and being with people, I can wait a little bit longer until this is all over because I cannot get my family or friends back if something were to happen to them but I can't communicate with them through FaceTime and texting and and other ways like that
1: yeah yeah and I you know I think you know from my side of it and my perspective of it in some ways like Connecticut has led up earlier than the other states because we do have such low numbers um you know it was a very slow let up But, you know, I'm kind of experiencing the ability to go back and see my friends and, you know, not do things I was doing last summer. You know, I was at concerts last summer and traveling and all these things. Um, But, you know, my experience has been able to socialize a little bit more. Um, And Lauren and I are very similar when it comes to that. We are both really social people and being stuck inside all the time and not being able to be face to face with people has been really hard. Um, and just like Lauren, like I went through, you know, some intense depression and some really bad anxiety. Not only was it a pandemic and my family and most of my very close friends live in California, but I had also just moved out of my apartment. I had lost my sense of security and space. Um, you know, I, when I was planning to move in with my friend for a little bit, it was just for convenience until I had gotten into a, another place and it turned into being here much longer And, you know, I'm so thankful for that. But me as a person, personally, like my environment and my space is so sacred to me and important to me. And I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, wherever they are, quote unquote, stuck right now in quarantine is making an impact, whether for the positive or the negative. Um. So now as things have started to let up a little bit here, you know, I'm able to go to certain places, get outdoors. Um, it all has to be social distance. We still have to wear masks, all that, you know, no big groups or anything. Um, but just being able to see a couple people once in a while has really helped with my mood.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so nice that things are starting to let up a little bit over there. What do you think has been the hardest part about this pandemic for you?
1: I think for me, you know, I'm one of those people that needs timeframes and needs plans and information. And, you know, we don't have that. Um, There is no end date. There is no guarantee um, about any of it. And so for me, that kind of not knowing has been really hard. That and also not being where my family is because I can't force them to be safe, Um, you know. Right. Oh, that, that actually, I've had a few friends bring
0: that up about parents not wanting to cooperate. Um, and they're not all, you know, in California, but I, I, I don't really know. How do you deal with that when your family's not cooperating?
1: So mine is cooperating. I I don't think it's that. that they're not cooperating. They're wearing their masks, you know, they're being very careful and all of these things, Mm -hmm. but it's just those little tiny things. Um, I got to see my family again in July for a little bit and, you know, I was just noticing like, Oh my gosh, you're not washing your hands as much as I wish you were. And, you know, um, Oh no, why did you push your mask down when you went to go talk to somebody, you know, things like that, things that they're not doing on purpose, but that they're just not thinking about per se. Um, so that's a little stressful now that I've actually seen them in action. <laughs> right.
0: So one of the things that has helped me a little bit is trying to find you know something that works for me every day, some type of routine. I am very much I'm similar to Ryan. I need I need a routine. I need to know times. I need to know dates. I'm very, um, I'm very much like that. So for me, what's kind of helped is making sure that I, you know, make my coffee every day when I wake up, make my bed every day, um, make breakfast if, if that's what I'm feeling. And go straight to, you know, take a shower and get ready and pretend like I'm going to work or I'm going out or something, even if I know I'm staying home, because it kind of wakes me up and gets me started for the day. Um, So that's something I've been able to do um, most days for my morning routine.
1: Mine has kind of been all over the place for a little while. I was doing not good at all, and I, you know, think that was probably partially contributed partially because of depression. Um, anyone who's ever had depression knows that, you know, there's just, you just sometimes can't get out of bed or you just can't get yourself in the shower or you're, you're not, your eating habits are either too much or too little. Um, but I, I, I have noticed, you know, that I'm, learning during quarantine how to give myself more permission and forgiveness for the way that I am handling it which has helped me get to a better place you know i think if mm-hmm. i continue to beat myself up over it and you know say well look at all these people that are doing this and you should be able to do this and you know you're not going to work every day you should you know physically at work you should be able to do all these things um but giving my space and permission to like not be in that space now i've noticed like Every week or every month it kind of shifts. So like right now, you know, I wake up, I take my little dog out um, and we sit outside together and I drink a whole glass of water. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those are some things I've been trying to incorporate just like taking a moment in the morning to breathe and just be um, eating, you know, making sure I'm having breakfast, lunch and dinner making sure that I'm drinking water all day, like just basic self-care, like things that go to the wayside so easily when you're stressed or, you know, you're not on a routine.
0: Definitely. I feel like in a situation like this, comparison is the enemy because we're looking at people's lives um, through social media specifically and kind of going back to what I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, just because someone shows they're productive doesn't mean they actually are. Just because someone's not talking about their productivity doesn't mean that they're not. So in a situation like this, you know, every day, I think it's important to find some type of self-care thing that you enjoy. And for me, like, you know, it's, it's great to tell my, my students about meditation, but to be honest, I don't like meditation. It doesn't work for me. But what does work for me is kind of sitting on the couch, putting headphones on and listening to music. That's my form of meditation. So in finding stuff that you can do at home, at least one thing a day that you know will calm you down, that will bring you joy, happiness, watching a funny show, um, making something you know good to eat, um, going for a short walk if you can, uh, that's kind of helped me. And also what you said about just being kind to your emotions and allowing yourself to just feel those crappy days if you need to. And when you have those good days celebrate them um, you know uh, this is a good time if, if you have one um, to rely on your support system because they're there to help lift you up um, when you're feeling down and you know I know I do that for my friends when I'm having a good day and they're not having a good day it's kind of when I come in and go okay you know, what you did for me yesterday, I'm going to do for you today, because I want the people in my life to feel supported during this time, because it's a lonely, it's a lonely life, even if you're around people, because our whole world is turned upside down. And again, you know, we keep thinking, oh, it's just one more month. And then it's, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, it might be January, but I guess we'll revisit this conversation when January comes and see where the world's at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, with this being a series for us, like we have so many topics we could hit on, you know, that are related to this and things that quarantine has brought up. I know specifically for me and other people that I, you know, care about and have spoken to. So, you know, I think the biggest thing is. One, just be kind to yourself. Like Lauren was saying, you know there's going to be days where you're going to be down. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be happy. There's going to be days where you're bored. You know, there's, there's so many emotions going on. And I think there are bigger emotions maybe than we've experienced in the past. Um, But I think really important for all of this is just allowing those emotions to come and not trying to shove them back down, not trying to avoid them, not trying to you know, say that they're good or bad. Uh, and that will really help you move through it. Because uh, I think if you avoid them, if you feel like, you know, it's not okay for me to be crying today or it's not okay for me to be happy today, there's no right or wrong way to feel in this.
0: Right. And, and there's something that I've been doing recently and I've had to stop myself because I'd have days where I was really upset and then I'd go, but you know, I'm fortunate and I have all these things and deep down, I, I think that, you know, 99% of the population, they know. They know when they have things over other people. They know when they're fortunate and and that's all good. But, you know, it, it's important to separate that. I think deep down, that's what you know. You know you're fortunate if you're in a position or you're privileged and you know you're in a position of that. But if you're sad because you're upset about something that, you know, happens every summer or you just wake up sad or you're anxious because – of some other reason, like it's okay to, to feel it, feel it that day. Don't justify it because lately I've been doing a lot of that. Well, I'm sad today. I have no reason to be sad. Well, maybe I do have a reason like maybe it has nothing to do with my life and has to do with being in a pandemic, which is separate. It's affecting our lives, but they're separate issues. So I think it's important for you to just like Ryan said, feel the emotion and, and don't even, don't even label it. Just if you're, if you're upset, you know, cry. If you're angry, punch a pillow, curse, you know, scream if you can. There's a lot of things you can do, um, to kind of let it out. And, and, you know, once you feel it, a lot of times you can then kind of be aware and recognize, okay, I feel so much better now that I let it out.
1: And, you know, to touch more on what Lauren's saying, like gratitude does not have to be, you know, with, you don't have to let go or ignore your emotions and what you're feeling in order to be grateful for what you have. Like those, those don't go together. They can be completely separate. You know, you can be grateful and have knowledge and understanding and respect for the privilege that you have and the things that you do have while also still honoring the fact that like, Hey, I'm upset today because you know, it's my birthday and I didn't get to go out to dinner with my friends or I didn't get to go to a concert this summer. You know, those things are separate. You can have gratitude and also be upset about things that you're mourning that may be, you know, not as bad as other people's. Right. So with that said, you know, I think there's so much more we could talk about um, which is why we're doing a series and hopefully you won't hear my puppy scratching and making weird sounds in the background next time. (laughs)
0: she's cute she's gonna make an appearance on instagram um,
1: the podcast mascot
0: (laughs) yeah she's our mascot yes i love that love it so
1: hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and we're really looking forward to releasing it and hearing your feedback and we will catch you on the other side for the next episode episode three coming soon (laughs) Woohoo! <laughs> All right, Bye, take guys. Care. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And if you feel called to, rate and review and share it with the people in your life you think would like us too. For more info on this episode, check out the show notes. And as always,
0: you can find us on Instagram at dope, S-H-T, therapy, pod and via email at dopeSHTJRPPPOD at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and check back soon for more episodes.